When it comes to your finances, go for the credit card that's always there for you. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, that means no more waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. We're talking real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease, fresh installs and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own? Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. So there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome to the Jill on Money podcast. It is Sunday, June 6th. Oh, Mark, is this the anniversary of D-Day, June 6th, 1944? Oh, brother, it's a long time. So I guess after we've had Memorial Day and also D-Day, maybe you have uh, an idea about thinking about this or not. I don't know. But today we have the second part of our interview with Katie Milkman. She is the academic. She is a behavioral economist. She's at the University of Pennsylvania at the Wharton School. She's written a book called How to Change, The Science of Getting from Where You Are to Where You Want to Be. And yesterday we talked about some of the power behind starting fresh. But we also talked about some of the the things that get in your way, like we're impulsive. It's, It's very hard to be a human being. And one other thing that Katie writes about that I thought was really interesting and certainly means a lot to me because we hear from you guys about this, that you can be intimidated by others. And when you hear someone who comes onto the program or if I read an email and someone's in really good financial shape, that can be intimidating and maybe it has a negative impact on you. And what I want to stress is that you don't have to be that person. You just have to be where you are. We want to meet you where you are. So In this part of the interview, we're going to talk about that, and we're going to talk about some of the things, the tools that I need to employ more to make you guys feel less intimidated by others. So here is the second part of our interview with Katie Milkman. One of the things that was very striking to me is this part of the book where you talk about how people can be intimidated when they hear successes of others. And I want to tell you, like, I want to get your advice because on this program, we have people who will contact us who have a ton of money and we have people who contact us who have no money. And often we'll get um, sort of like a snide remark or someone will write to me and be like, oh, you only put rich people on the air. And I always say, well, I don't really care. Rich people, poor people, like whoever has a financial question will answer it. What is it about hearing about someone else's success 
that makes people feel bad and not really even think about like, well, that has nothing to do with me. Like, what is it that I can do better when I'm talking to these people to make them feel like, hey, it's all inclusive. Like, we'll bring everyone on the air. What can I do better? That's a really wonderful question. What you're talking about it relates to research on social norms. So social norms are the behaviors we see others exhibiting that can be contagious. So I see everybody else is uh, studying hard in my dorm and it makes me likely to be a more studious freshman, for instance. And, you know, other behaviors can be contagious, too. I see, I learned that a bunch of my friends went to a retirement savings workshop and they're all going to open 401ks. I'm a bit more likely to do the same. But the challenge comes when the people you're observing taking some action that you might not otherwise have thought to take yourself are people who feel out of reach. They don't, you can't relate to them. They seem impossibly successful or impossibly different. So the more we can relate to someone, the more we want to follow in their footsteps and we recognize the information as valuable that they give us and, and imitable. That, I like it. <laughs> so, so the more you can do, I think, to make those callers really relatable and, and highlight what's the same about all of us, what we're, our common struggles are, even, by the way, like common demographic traits. Hey, they're from the same region. Uh, they grew up with a similar set of circumstances. Whatever you can do it makes the person more relatable and feel more like you tends to increase the likelihood we'll follow them. There's this really interesting study that was done. I This is going to sound like a weird context, but this interesting study done with hotel towel reuse, trying to encourage people to reuse their towels by telling them lots of other people reuse their towels. And there were different messages tried about whether it was just lots of other people or lots of other people who are also citizens. The, the most effective framing was other people who literally stayed in the same hotel room, which seems like a funny basis for having a lot of identification. But but people could identify, hey, oh, it really was a similar set of circumstances. So the more you can highlight that, the better. How do we keep people on track and not lose them in the process? I mean, I hate finger waggers. You know, it's like one of my pet peeves. I hate when people were like, you know, you did this wrong or you're spending too much money. I don't I don't think that works. First of all, what is the the positive way to reinforce the good behavior? There are a lot of positive things that we can do to reinforce behavior. And that that is so important that, you know, rewards after something good has happened are a big part of what helps form cycles of virtuous behavior. That's where habits come from, right? You consistently do the same thing and you get rewarded for it and then it turns into a habit. So certainly, you know, just cheering people on for their successes rather than finger wagging for their failures is likely to add value if you're trying to create those virtuous cycles. I also think we can put people on pedestals more when one thing that research shows can be really valuable actually is asking someone who's facing a challenge but pushing through or attempting to push through to give advice to others on how to overcome the same kinds of challenges or reach the same kinds of goals. And a reason that that seems to be effective is that it makes you feel like I'm a role model. Instead of just giving me advice about how I can be more successful, you're actually asking me to give other people advice. This is a really great insight from Lauren Eskris Winkler, a psychologist who's about to join the faculty at the Kellogg School at Northwestern. I think that might be another another tactic we can use when we want to help people persist and highlight their successes is 
thinking about ways we can not only praise them, but put them on a pedestal by saying, hey, you know, I have another friend who is also trying to achieve a similar goal. And I think you've, you're doing such an amazing job. Would you be willing to give them some tips that will actually help the person who's giving the tips be more successful themselves? Now, why is that? Because I find that fascinating that the giving advice isn't just helpful for the person you're giving advice to. Is it amount of confidence? I mean, what is it behind giving advice that makes the person, the advice giver, more successful? There's a few ingredients. And by the way, almost everything that is effective in this realm has a few things going on. It's almost always multiply determined. That's part of the power. But one is absolutely the self-confidence boost that you get from being asked to give advice. Someone is telling you, I believe in you. I think you have useful insights to share. And that puffs out your chest and, and makes you feel more motivated and more capable right away. But there's other magic ingredients as well, including now that I have to give someone advice, I have to introspect more deeply so that I have something to say about what really does work. I have to put that into words for someone else. And when you articulate something, you are more likely to dredge up insights you might not have had already that then could help you. But also, once you tell someone else you should do this, you're going to feel like a hypocrite if you don't do it yourself. And proselytizing about something is one of the best ways to change your own beliefs about it. There's something called the saying is believing effect. So all of those things together make advice giving really beneficial for the advice giver, which is fascinating. In the book and in, in, in your research, you know, you are a, a behavioral economist, you are an academic. What surprised you in your findings that was counterintuitive that you never would have believed before you started actually researching that? I think the most counterintuitive finding from all of my work has been around the best way to form habits. And we did this experiment I mentioned Google earlier. This was actually, I went back to Google and did this work with some of the folks I had talked to about the fresh start effect. And we were trying to figure out how to help employees form lasting exercise habits. Actually, after the start of a new year, lots of people want to form them, go to the, the gyms on campus. And we had about 2,500 people sign up. And we had this formula in our heads that we were sure would produce lasting change, which was get people to go in a really consistent manner at the same time of day, every day that they went for a month. And then we thought if we could just really motivate people to be consistent in that routine, that we'd create a sticky habit that would endure. And we compared getting people to go always at the same time to getting them to go in a more variable pattern. Just as a test to see, you know, maybe flexibility was valuable. We were pretty sure it was that consistency that would breed routine. So we had two groups, randomly assign them. Um, one group we got going to the gym, 85% of the visits at the same time. The other group went at the same frequency, but in a more varied pattern. About half the visits were at the same time. And what we found in the end was that the group who had more variable visits actually created a longer lasting habit. So after the month where we're intervening and trying to control the, the timing of their visits ends, they keep going more. And it was really absolutely fascinating to figure out why what we learned is essentially they'd formed really brittle habits if people were going to the gym at a really consistent time. So they actually went slightly more at that magic time they had identified when they had been going 
85% of the time during our month-long program. But if they missed that magic window, say 7 a.m. being their best workout time, they were very unlikely to go. Whereas the other group had formed a more flexible habit. If they missed their 8 a.m. workout, they would go at noon. If they missed noon, they would go at 5 p.m. And that more flexible habit proved to be much more durable. And net-net, they they went more. So that was probably the most surprising thing I found. Uh, to me, it makes sense in hindsight, but in foresight, I was sure that this consistency and routine would be absolutely critical to forming durable habits. And discovering the importance of flexibility was really interesting. Now, Mark, producer Mark, was very rigid in his Peloton uh, habit, okay? And he would say, only, I would only do it, I can only do it if I do it at 5.30 in the morning, blah, 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 blah. And then there were some childcare issues, but, you know, his in-laws were back in town and he could like shove the kid into the in-laws laps. And what did you find, Mark? Isn't it like your actual performance on the Peloton improved so dramatically when it was a different time of day? So Mark, you know, he says the workouts have been much better. And what's fascinating to me about that is that I think that it's partially could be it's a different time of day, but it's also partially like there's no anxiety around like I have to get this done within this certain time. And if I don't get it done, then I can't feed my kid. And then like it throws your whole schedule off. But to give, him, to give yourself some flexibility, I think that that's a mindset that we could all adopt. Because I think that when I'm talking about financial, personal finance issues that like you can get so rigid in this, but there are a lot of different ways to, to give people options. And so I really did appreciate so much of your book because I think it's going to, I hope, I hope we'll see, is going to make me better at providing this kind of advice to people. And, and I really appreciate you joining us. So if you want to check it out, how to change the science of getting from where you are to where you want to be. If you've got a financial question, if you would need some help getting to a new place in your financial life, send us an email, askjill at jillonmoney.com. If you're on our website, don't forget, you can subscribe to us anywhere you get your podcasts, especially if you guys are listening on YouTube. Come, come subscribe. It'll be better. Don't forget to leave us a rating or a review and try to do something nice for someone else today. Use that grit, use that growth, and have some grace. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.